Total Wine & More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine & More has you covered at TotalWine.com. At Colorado State University Global Campus, online education isn't another thing we do. It's all we do. Get an interactive education that's built for working adults like you and that employers demand. Explore your options at csuglobal.edu. Blog Talk Radio. EOTM Radio. Entrepreneurs on the move. Reshaping life for a better tomorrow. Hey, what's going on? This is Stephen Knight, and you listen to The Stephen Knight Show. My name is Stephen Knight, and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show here on EOTM Radio. As always, I'd like to thank you for joining us. We have a great show lined up for you. We'll be discussing the latest in entertainment news, Ron's perspective on what's going on in sports, uh, latest in movie reviews. And tonight we'll also be talking to someone who I believe has a very inspiring story that you definitely don't want to miss. Um, he is a living example that your past does not define your future. And then, as always, we'll be discussing the uh, question of the day. We want to make sure you participate. Make sure you call in and give us your opinion. The number is 718-664-6543. Again, it's 718-664-6543. But first, Ms. Park, how are you feeling tonight? I am feeling great. Had a wonderful weekend. But, um, you know, I just spoke to you about uh, an hour ago, if that. Yeah. Within (laughs) within the last 30 minutes or so, it is stormy heavily. It is stormy. Wow. Yeah, that quickly. Wow, so, wow. Um, but at least it's storming on a weekday. Yeah. And hopefully not too many day, people so. are stuck stuck out there. But so you're home, right? I am. You went home. home for the weekend. I did. It's been great. It's been great. I'll be back in Atlanta uh, first thing in the morning, so I get to see all my ATLians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you um, Did you say hi to the fam for me? I did. Everybody told me to give them your love, and you know they. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So listen, same um, here, know, we same have, here. We have uh, Chike on, and, you know, his schedule kind of fluctuates on Monday, so I definitely want to go ahead and turn it over to him. Um, Chike, you there? Yes, sir. How do you hope, people? How are you doing? How was your weekend? My weekend was busy. It was very, very busy. I actually did uh, a video on Friday for Natika oh, Hemingway. Wow. Uh-huh. She uh, she actually is releasing another single called Now and Then. So I want to okay. shout out and say hi to all my uh, Team Tiki people, uh, Camp uh, Natika, that were at the video shoot. Okay. And, um, of course, I got in three movies this weekend, so that was good. <laughs> you weren't too busy. <laughs> very, very busy. Um, Medea's Big Happy Family was one. I went to go see okay. Steakland. 
and I saw Water for Elephants. Okay. All three movies were good. I saw Medea, and I thought that was really a really good movie. It was very funny, you know. Yeah. The, the whole Byron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tyler doesn't really put out any junk. He really doesn't. And, you know, the the gift of laughter, you know, he, he has that. He gives that very well. Um, right. But I must say that I'm becoming more um, hungry for his drama. Like, um, okay. Why Did I Get Married? You know, that, yeah. that series. I, I, I love his hard-hitting you know, straight to the punch stuff. Of course, you know, Family he loves the last, but I'm really becoming a bigger fan of his drama than his comedy. Okay. Well, I think, do you find that his uh, comedies are more successful than than the actual uh, dramas? I do because that's his basic formula. That's how he starts, right. you know. The is, his, yeah. is his nucleus. So, yeah. you know, if you go back to Formula One, you can't go wrong with that. But I really mm-hmm. would like to see him branch out and, um, you know, explore. You know, I did yeah. see at one point in time a preview of a movie for him, and I can't remember the name of it. I saw the preview once, but then I didn't see it anymore. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if it fell through in production, but it looked like it was going to be really interesting because it looked like it was something totally different that he's ever done. So I don't okay. know if it's going to be a, a later release, but, you know, they did preview it in the theaters, but, you know, then it vanished. So I don't know. Maybe I think that's I the behind remember the scenes. That. Yeah. Um, Water for Elephants, Miss um, Parker, you definitely probably would enjoy that. Yeah, I, I saw the would. preview, and I think it was probably something that I would really enjoy yeah, as well. It, I it, heard that the book is, was, was uh, and still is on the bestseller list. It's been on for months. Yeah, and, and that's how I got into it. My coworker is actually reading the book, and, you know, she would share tidbits with me. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to go see that. It sounds pretty interesting. And it was it was good. It was phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed the writing. Um, the story, and um, of course, I'm a Reese Witherspoon fan, so I was there with bells on. <laughs> Good. And I went to go see Stakeland, and that was something like out of the box. It was hard, you know. I'm going to run to see anything hard, and one of my favorite things is vampires, so I was there. It was pretty oh, interesting, no. you know. It's, it's a little off the beaten path, <laughs> but you know, it, it didn't disappoint me. What do you say, Miss Parker? Did you make a noise? Miss Parker do the vampires. She don't do the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a little bite. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, okay. It was a really it depends on who's doing the biting. Miss <laughs> Parker, are you not a True Blood fan? You don't watch True Blood? No. She's not into that stuff. Oh, no, not at all. Now, Janera, Janera loves all the vampires and the and the uh, especially the vampire show. She loves those. Janera. Loves you mean Janera gonna have to get up with Miss Parker and convert her? No, I'll pass. <laughs> now, I well, know that um, Jumping the Broom is coming out. Uh, you know I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. We were talking that for a I'm while, excited. so. Another. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be some superb acting going on in there. It's a lot of A-game people um, yeah. in the cast, and I think that it's going to – I think it's going to have record numbers. I'm just hoping that people – you know, I, I know that, you know, it, it, it's a financial heartache these days. But when you buy bootleg movies, you hurt the whole industry. And I'm and I'm yeah. not and I'm not saying that it's right or it's wrong. But at the end of the day, if we really want quality movies to be you know produced and and brought to our attention, then we have to support them. If we don't support them, then they fall by the wayside. You know, the only reason that they can do what they do is because we support them. 
Right. All right. All right. So when when Jumping the Broom comes out, you know, I would hope that people, you know, run to the theaters, you know, and give of their money that way rather than pay Pookie down the street for a DVD that's burnt. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Anything else? Um, That's about it. Um, I'm ready to get this Total Serenity uh, contest underway because, you know, we're trying to get away from you know, spot, uh, free spot uh, treatment. Exactly. You know, I'm sure some people out there are stressed and need to relax, so we're going to get this contest underway and details at 11. Yeah, details at 11. <laughs> well, thanks again, TK, and you have a great evening, okay? All right. You have a good night. All right. Bye, Ms. Parker. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Ms. Parker, I, so I know you had a very exciting weekend. Um, what are some of the things you got to do this weekend? Um, it was more busy than exciting. You know, it was really nice okay. outside. Um, yeah. Friday, I went and met up with some friends after the game. I wasn't able to make the game, but, you know, uh, the Atlanta Hawks won. So everybody had on white tees. Yeah. It was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody had on white tees, and uh, we met up for drinks after the game. That was cool. And uh-huh. I had a, a charity volunteering thing to do on Saturday. Um, a couple of friends and I went um to uh, a women's and children's homeless shelter and okay. we uh, we volunteer for three or four hours um That's our great. co-worker deborah you, you know deborah she um yeah she was the one who organized it so it was i mean it was okay. very um you know it, it, it makes you realize that your situation isn't as bad as as you think it is and um i I used to volunteer at a homeless shelter back home, so that kind of, you know, yeah. reminded me of, of, of back then. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to give back. And then, yeah, um, yeah. you know, just just made my rounds. I missed our show right. last night because I was in the streets. Right. So oh, did you, you get it? to watch it? Okay. Yeah, we will definitely talk about that. I did you watch it? I did. I did. Catch if you don't know, it's the yeah, Celebrity Apprentice. I'm sorry. Um, we have yeah, to let the audience friends. know what we're speaking of. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. But I'm very excited about our guest tonight. He's someone who has been through it all. And and I think that, um, Ms. Parker, you'll be able to appreciate his story just from a person who is to others. Um, and, and, and like you always saying, you know, you think your wife's bad, wait till you hear this. But um, as you know, at the Stephen Knight Show, our mission is to bring you the latest in entertainment, news, sports, fashion, the movie reviews, and, of course, uh, music. We want the show to be very interactive. We want to hear from you. So make sure you like us on Facebook if you haven't done so. We ask you this every week, so please go ahead and just hit the like button. Um, follow us on Twitter, the Stevie Knight Show, S-H-O. Each and every Friday we will post a uh, – actually, now it's Monday. Um, we yeah, will post Monday. the question of the day. We do that every day, but on Monday, the question of the day we're going to discuss on the show. So please right. feel free to leave your leave your comments. We appreciate your opinions, and um, and we look forward to discussing the question of the day today. Absolutely, and, so and also don't, don't, well, don't forget our website, the Stephen Knight Show dot dot com. Definitely uh, find out everything about the Stephen Knight Show here. But the question of the day, Miss Parker, and I'm curious to hear your insight on this. It is: Do you think that you should, you should I'm sorry, your career should come before your relationship? Come on, Stephen, you already know my you already know my take on that. I think I think for men, it definitely does. Like I had a situation. Um, you know, recently where I, I liked someone, um, mm-hmm. but I already knew that it's not going to work <laughs> because okay. he's very, I wish it was a good thing because I love a driven man. But yeah. um, I also think it has to be a, a point where you kind of, you know, you, you you have to kind of make the person you're with feel like they're worth your time as well, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And I think, 
I think that's just without that you're kind of missing that human connection. Like I mean, you guys could hang out once in a while if you wanted to, but then there's really not that connection there because you're not really afraid to get to know somebody and build a connection. You have to be around them. You're not building. So I definitely am a very sentimental person as as much as I try to be hard, and you know how I am. I'm like this tough person (laughs) on the outside and very mushy on the inside. So I I definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, I think love is is everything. Um, It's above everything. So that's my take on it. I personally I'm not saying that, um, be with someone lazy and want to lay home with you every oh, day yeah. and do nothing, but you know I right. think in your pursuit of of um, success, you have to make sure that the other person, you know, is feeling important as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's what I, I I believe that you shouldn't put your career before someone, but someone shouldn't uh, interfere with your goals because someone who cares about you and is on your, you know, that you're this is your partner. You, they want to see you be as good as you can be, and you want to see the best for them, so you are supporting that. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah, but, yeah um, I agree. But I'm interested to hear what everyone has to say, so make sure you go on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'll be right back. Wow, where did you come from? I need to see you tonight. I want to see you tonight, too. Uh, baby, can I call you right back? I promise, God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll only share my cookies with the man I married. Sabrina's love life was hit or miss. Oh, oh my God! Sir, are you okay? I am so sorry. Oh. I could have killed you. Until she hit him. Sabrina, did you marry me? Yes. The ceremony begins at 2 p.m. sharp with dinner and dancing to follow. The Watsons are upscale. And Jason and I will be married. Girl. Yeah. The Taylors are down home. Jason is getting married this weekend. You know by now she should have come over here to meet me. This Mother's Day. Ooh. This is nice. What you looking at? It's August in the vineyard. I'm looking for Barack and Michelle. Oh, God. Life folks on this now. So they got white people working. They've got to learn to be. Mom, this is Sabrina. She's raised a wonderful man. One big happy family. Well, I wish I could say the same about you and your daughter. Oh, I mean, I wish I had met her earlier. From TriStar Pictures and TV Jakes. This is the broom that Mike and I jumped when we got married. But Jason and I want to start our own tradition. It's just so ghetto. I was going to say simple. Mr. Right Now, the grown man This family thinks they're better than us. I'll break this wedding up if I have to. Meet the relatives. Hello. Claudine. <laughs> Join the party. I want a man who's already made it. He's not being such a snob. Be more open-minded. Just saying that I should lower my standards. Yes. And let the bonding begin. You need to get off your high horse, because, baby, you black. She said she's going to hit you in the air with a computer. I heard that. If it wasn't for my mother, I wouldn't be the man you want to marry. If it wasn't for your mother, I wouldn't be questioning if you're the man I want to marry. It's bigger than that. It takes a little truth. You need to go get Sabrina and squash all this. Shut up. Look at your shirt. A touch of faith. Every family has its secrets. And a lot of love. I promise you that I will always be here for you. But you have got to change. To make the big jump. Life is like a disco. No matter how the music changes, you just keep on dancing. Jumping the Brew. It is like the bold, the black, and the beautiful. Here. Directed by Salim Akil. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Stephen Knight Show here on EOTM Radio. 
Um, as part, well, before we go on to entertainment, that was just what we just heard was the trailer for Jumping the Broom that GK talks about each week. So we want to encourage everyone to see that when it comes out. But Miss Park, it sounds very interesting. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, it has Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine. You know, I, you know, Angela Bassett is like, I love her. She's like one of my yeah. favorite actors. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I can't. I, I'll definitely be checking that one out, and I and and it seemed to be a really good cast. So. Absolutely. Speaking of um, movies, I wanted to I wanted to kind of bring up um, you know I was listening to Chike rave about Tyler Perry new movie what is it called? Medea's Day Family. Okay, yeah, um, I was um, listening to him rave about it and I found it quite interesting because I, I um, was reading something Tyler Perry said and I also heard saw a video of it and you know he's yeah. you know he's beefing with. Um, with Spike Lee, not really beefy, mm-hmm. but you know, Spike gave some very strong opinions of what he right. thought about Tyler Perry movies and shows, which I really respect because I respect people who go out on a limp and, and says how they feel. You don't have to agree with everyone, right. and you don't yeah. have to, um, you don't, but you don't have to follow. You know, you don't have to be that person that's just in agreement because you don't want to be the outsider. And I think in this situation, most black people would agree with Tyler Perry more than, you know, they do with him. But I, I definitely mm-hmm. appreciate him stating his opinion because I definitely understand where he's coming from. Um, yeah. He feels like um, his, his Tyler Perry movie is like taking us back a few yeah. years. And yeah, that he's, um, yeah, he feels like it's, you know, it's culinary. Yeah, So very, very strong opinions, and um, and he, but Tyler Perry made a really good um, good point. He said that um, you know, back in the uh, Linson Hughes days, when poets mm-hmm. poets used to be stuff, you know, directors and poets, and Linson Hughes was from the east, the northeast, and he didn't understand what was going on down south, so he thought the right. writers down south were ignorant. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they are cut from a different cloth, which I definitely right. understand because I think Tyler Perry writes about what he knows. He's from New Orleans. Yeah. So he, he can writes definitely from, he writes read from his, from his experience. He's right, been, exactly. And the thing is, the stuff that he writes, he has an audience for. He has so an his audience, audience yeah. I think it's definitely take a certain a certain type of person to like Tyler Perry stuff. <laughs> Right. Um, not not that that's bad. I'm just saying it takes right. somebody who can relate because his stories mm-hmm. are kind of personal. Right. Um. So I just think you know Spike is not really he's not able to relate to that stuff because he's he's kind of you know cut from a different cloth. I don't know how else to yeah. put it. So that's yeah. the beef that's going on with that. What do you think? I think you know some people think that Spike Lee is hating whatnot. Um. I you know I think that Spike Lee is. He he wants to see the upward mobility of the African American culture, but at the same time, Tyler Perry has a large audience um, who supports his his movies and his plays, and you know he hasn't been just doing this years. You know this, he's been doing this for like over a decade. You know with the plays and with the you know now he owns his old studio um, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and so I think that different folks. should be a. I don't think that he should be per, um, outwardly attacking Tyler Perry. I think that it should be a thing if he has his concerns. You know, you expressed it. You, I think he expressed it a couple years ago. And let it go. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's not going to change. Tyler Perry is successful in his own lane. And Spike Lee, you stay successful in your lane. You know, there's enough for everyone to go around. And what some people may not like Spike Lee does, they might like Tyler Perry does, and vice versa. I don't think it should be this back and forth debate because mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. It's going to be people arguing. No, I agree. You know? I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. And yeah. I think 
you know, Todd Perry, he's, he feels like Todd Perry is kind of uh, exploring the black community and making money yeah. off of, like, the negative stereotypes right. of the black community. I mean, I, yeah. he has a valid point. You know, I can't I can't yeah. say I disagree with Todd Perry. But I do agree that, you know, you express your opinion and then you leave it alone because right. regardless of what he's doing, it's people's choice whether or not they want to see exactly. his stuff. And, yeah. you know, just like I'm not running to the theater every time something comes out from Tyler Perry, if it's on or, you know, if it's, if someone else has a DVD of it or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll watch it, but I'm not going to run it and see it. But some other people really like his stuff and they may go, but it's a they personal wait, choice. Right. Exactly. right, they can't wait. It's a, it's a personal choice. Like, he's not robbing babies. You know what I mean? These are grown right. folks exactly. that are using their money. You know, their own money, and, right. And their own money. So I think he yeah. shouldn't express his opinion and just leave it alone. I don't think it should be an ongoing thing because – like, like you said, it's two black successful people who have, you know, been successful in their own rights, and they just need to be right. left alone from this point on. So I agree. I agree. Um, okay, let's move on. Your favorite um, guy, <laughs> YouTube <Uh-oh>. sensation, whatever. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Hide your wife. Antoine Dotson. <laughs> <laughs> Hide your wife. Antoine Dotson is back in the news. Yeah. Um He's back in the news and uh, he was arrested for marijuana possession, right? And then he marijuana didn't have insurance. Possession. He didn't have insurance. I don't think he was he something with his license. Just a whole yeah. bunch of drama. And so he went on Twitter and started putting all kinds of stuff about the police got it all wrong and they're hating. Uh-huh. Like it's so funny because he's just so out there. He's like, you know, why would I have a new a BMW? And uh, whatever, and another SUV yeah. that he right. that, that's not insured or whatever. And then like the next day, he was like, "Well, I just got the cars. That's why they weren't insured." So exactly. I'm not sure what's going on with that. You know, he, he made a little bit on, of money, and he just did not act. Not act. He put on Twitter, and I don't know if you saw the mugshot, but wow. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's but worse he's than wild the video, original video. It's worse than the original video. Find your wife, find the kids. But um. He put on Twitter, uh, let me be the first to tell it. So so just got out of jail off a weak charge, laughing his butt off, um, got pulled over in my bins, and they got me. Damn. Never been in jail except for that time in grade school. You remember? They so effing stupid, I had just got both cars. Why would I have a bins and an SUV with no insurance? Dumbass. Ha, ha, ha. They better be glad I wasn't selling that. They crackhead a mama rocks when I was pulled over. Ha ha ha! And then it's a bunch of cussing and stuff. So, uh, oh my God! Okay, you, you think now you think that's going to help him? You that know? That is not going to help him, right? Yeah. No, of course not. Minutes, it's it's like, dwindling. Huh? Right. It's fifteen minutes is dwindling. Oh, very much so. And you know, going on to and posting all that all that stuff is not going to help at all. So if I was him, I'll just chill. <laughs> Let it go. Let go of God. <laughs> let go let God. He needs something. But uh, speaking of people being arrested, um, Farrah, uh, is, yeah. is it Farrah? Yeah, Farrah from uh, Destiny Child. I remember the girl that was on there um, for a second. With the one Michelle, that joined with when Michelle, they first, right? Yeah, that was on there with Michelle for a quick second. When they first came, when, you know, when they first lost the two other girls. Yeah. I believe, they were, I believe they were both from L.A. Yeah, mm-hmm. she got arrested recently. Um, yeah. for I guess she was drunk, drunk and then like mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I was like I got arrested yeah it's crazy 
I mean, don't arrest somebody for being drunk, though. You know, everybody gets drunk. And I know people are going to have a fool. They said she was drunk. Oh, no, this wasn't her. That was, okay. No, she was drunk in public. It wasn't her. But Latavia, the, one of the original members, I think you saw her on um, Housewives of Atlanta. She uh-huh. was the one that was, went to jail for being drunk, driving and while intoxicated. But, no, Latavia was just disorderly conduct, and uh, she was out about being drunk. No, the one that, no, she wasn't arrested. I, I just read about it. It was, it was Sarah. No, no, no. Sarah got arrested, but Latavia, we didn't know about it, but she, when she was on Housewives, she she was telling Phaedra at the time that she had went to jail for being for driving. But it wasn't recent. It wasn't recent. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they all had a little I guess moment. They had life after that, <laughs> I guess after that, you got a drink. <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. Yeah, Anything I guess you else? do have to drink. Um, no, no, that's, that's, oh, well, you know what I wanted to talk, what else I wanted to talk about? Mm. Um, Dwight Howard, if we have to talk to Dwight Howard and his baby mother, you know, he sued her for, he sued her for mentioning his name in public because she has something against her, like some, he has some legal action against her where she couldn't mention his name. And so she oh. went online and, and, you know, cause I guess he said she kept putting negative things out there about him. So he had his attorney, uh-huh. um, do a gag. Order on her where she couldn't speak of him. So I guess she went online and did right. So you know she was fine. She was she won the case and she was fined five hundred thousand dollars. Now come on now, you know Royce don't have five hundred thousand dollars, but he took her to court because he wants the five hundred thousand dollars plus interest because she hasn't made a payment. Wow. I'm like she doesn't have it, you know. And the thing is though, that's you know you know how I feel about people who are overly religious, and he definitely is. He's like a very like religious person and it's mm-hmm. like sometimes those are the, like, the most judgmental and like yeah. very their heart is just so not open you know what i mean she may have been doing right. all this stuff and she may not be the best person or whatever but she's still the mother of your child you know she doesn't have five hundred thousand dollars right that's true is, 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 you are know? you on the line i'm trying to see if around here yes yes did you, hear, did you know about this story just now <laughs> Breaking news. And, I, and you know, you know, I like Mr. Dwight Howard because I think he's totally hot. So I just thought, like, you know, as much as he, you know, preaches and like he's very, very religious. As much as he, you know, said that he wants to spread the word in, in the NBA, you know, whatever. It's just for me, it's not very, you know, That's godly to do something That's like that. Life, you know, but it sounds like to me. He's suing himself because the five hundred thousand dollars is probably his money. This could money like, like that. Yeah, I mean, I know that she definitely doesn't doesn't have that, you know. And it's, it's it, to me, it's just better to just go ahead and let it, you know, just let it go. Um, yeah. Because that's not cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I wanted to mention very quickly since I'm on like the whole church thing. I didn't really have this story in mind originally, but I'm gonna comment on it really quickly. Um, no Eddie Long is going to settle. <laughs> oh, no surprise there. Right, but no I thought he was going to fight it. and mm-hmm. uh, Fight it on out, yeah. That was he a probably, joke. He probably thought he had no case. His lawyers probably told him he had no case. Pay him well, boys off, and be done. <laughs> right. Exactly. I was just, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to say I was shocked, but... You know, I was just like, whatever. Right. Because um, that's not the way he came off, right? Exactly. Right, right. He was going to fight the charges against him and so forth mm-hmm. and so on. So, I, I kind of been disappointed with the way things have been handled, but we're gonna just leave it at that. And I was probably gonna go to sports since I've been running my mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. 
So, Daywan, um, I know you want to talk about sports. I know we have a lot going on, playoffs. I mean, what's going on? Oh, man. Well, Sorry. it looks like Spike, Spike Lee has put plenty of time now to um, – to uh, talk about Tyler Perry since his um, Knicks are, um, you know, fishing. They're, they're four and done. They're out the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you mean about the situation anyway? Are you on the right now? Say what? So what do you think about that situation uh, with the old Spike? With Tyler Perry and stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah. man, um, personally, I feel like um, – Spike Lee needs to focus more on Spike Lee's work and not, you know, you know, really, seriously, Spike needs to focus on Spike. You don't see Tyler Perry focus on Spike, you know, focus on your own craft. And also, where was Spike Lee back whenever Martin was dressed up like Shanene? Yeah, the top. Where was Spike Lee whenever Eddie? I do agree with that, but I used to love Mr. Martin. Right. Oh, and you know what? We we as educated people knew that that was funny. That was entertainment. entertainment. We we know that you know that it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously. It was joking. It was fun. And and, and again, where was Spike Lee? I think his concern is. Is that not only the audience that's watching is not just us. I think this is what his concern is because back then, Martin, you know, it was kind of just us. But I think because he's afraid that Tyler Perry has gone mainstream, you know what I mean? Like he's not just, we're not the only people watching his stuff. So I think that's where his concern is coming from, which I agree with you. Because I think, I think he needs to just let it go at this point. He's said his piece. So he needs to focus on him at this point. So I agree right. with that. Right. Well, okay. But what about this? Again, where was Spike Lee whenever Eddie Murphy was a clump, you know, dressed up as the clumps and, and, and acting, quote-unquote, buffoonery then with the clumps, and also as um, Rasputia. At, very, on, very uh, valid. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why are you not I Rasputia. Rasputia was funny, right. And I'm like, but why, Spike, are you hating on on, um, on um, Tyler Perry? Why are you hating on him? I to me, it's it, honestly, it feels like it's just jealousy. I feel like it's just jealousy. Sorry, I feel like like it. And and, and this is my thing also, y'all. Really, don't hate on the man. Help each other. I mean, Spike. You know, maybe you and Tyler can actually sit down and like write a movie together, produce something together, do something together. Why all this? We gotta hate on each other. You know. No, I agree. Yeah. No, yeah. You. I mean, of course, you make a very valid point. You know, and I. And, and, you know, that's why I kind of like this venue of being able to share our opinions and stuff. Because right, you're, you're, exactly. you know, sometimes you may not see things the way other people are, you know, right. going to see it. So. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to sports. Let's move on to sports. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Enough about Spike. But, yeah. Um, Celtics right now, man, are playing like they are the best team in the NBA, man. They are. That's a Parker team. Yes, Ms. Parker. I was just waiting for you to say something bad. Parker, they are. It was about to be on. Yes, Boston is no joke. Boston are they? They are playing like. I'm telling people we come, we come correct, we come serious, we be ready. Y'all underestimating us. We stay ready. Ms. Parker, I was saying. I cannot wait until y'all play. Miami. Oh, that's gonna be a good series. That's oh, great! Guys. 
glad we were the first oh. one out of this series because now, you know, we have some people who are not completely healthy. We have about a week to rest up. So we'll be back. We'll be ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. But also the the um Hawks, man. I gotta get the Hawks a lot of credit, oh, man. Yeah. They are playing they're playing great ball. And people really aren't talking about them, you know. Is that music? Right, right. I don't know what that noise is. Okay. All right, but but yeah, so the Hawks are um, playing really, really, really good ball right now. Also, so I, I definitely want to want to give props to them, and also Memphis. Memphis Grizzlies are are playing great, great ball too right now. Big up to Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of great teams. I mean, a lot of teams. Are, is there anyone, Aaron, who is um, outside the Hawks? Uh, absolutely, obviously. Is there anyone else who is um, surprising you in the finals so far? In the playoffs, yeah. Um, Only playoffs, I'm sorry. I see. Uh, surprising me in, in in like a negative way, yeah, I would say the Lakers. The Lakers are um, they're not playing good ball right now. Something's going on inside with the team. And then Kobe got the hurt. Kobe got hurt, Kobe yeah. But hurt again last night. Yeah, but I think that they would have still lost the game even if Kobe wasn't quote-unquote hurt. Um, he didn't score in the first half. Yeah, the whole first half yeah. He didn't score. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so you know what? I like what um, Chris Paul said. He was like, they had us, uh, like, not winning any games. And he was like, when I was watching ESPN and, like, TNT, he was like, Charles Barkley, they were saying that we weren't going to win yeah. any games. Yeah, right. right. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Charles right. Barkley is a hater, though. So yeah, I wouldn't, that. you know what I mean? I would <laughs> I wouldn't put so much weight on what he says. He hit on Boston every chance he gets. Yeah, well, Chris Paul is really, really stepped. I mean, he's like. He's, he's he balling. He is balling. And he has so much heart jumping in the, you know, jumping in the um, lane with, with those guys, six, 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 seven, and he's only six foot. He's really yeah. showing his heart. In, in his, oh, yeah. Uh, As of right now, to me, Chris Paul, in, in the playoffs, he is the MVP of the playoffs so far, hands down. He's the MVP. He's playing great ball. Great ball. Definitely. Anything else you want to discuss? Uh, man, let's see. Um, that's pretty much it, man. Um, just, um, you know, hockey fans, keep on watching the playoffs, man. Um, I'm not, I'm not really like a huge hockey fan. I'm actually getting more and more into it. And I'll right. and I'll start to actually talk 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 about it more as the um as the um Stanley Cup finals get get closer and closer. I'll start to talk more about hockey a little bit. Okay. But also um uh, uh, find me on um on uh, Twitter, Ron Cosby oh, yeah. one. Again, that's Ron Cosby one on Twitter. We're gonna get Miss Park on Twitter soon. <laughs> oh yes. Never, never. never. She join us. Look, I feel about. Remember when I first told you about Facebook? You were like, yeah. "Nah, MySpace is enough." Right. I didn't want to get. That's I did not want to get on. Uh, you did not want to get Facebook. on my Facebook. He was like, "Nope." My he was like, "Facebook." He was like, "MySpace is enough." Join, <laughs> join Twitchburg. Come on, Twitchburg needs you, Miss Parker. Come on. Uh-uh. I feel. I feel overwhelmed already. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I understand. I understand. But again, Ron Cosby won Twitter. 
All right, well, well, listen, thanks again, Aaron, and uh, we'll definitely be checking in with you again next week, okay? Oh, All right, Aaron, real quick, what's your team? <laughs> he saw he saw uh, Tyler Perry too, uh, uh, Miss Parker. That's where that's coming from. You'll, once you see yeah. it, you know exactly what he's talking about. You know but you had a question for him, Miss Parker. Do I have what? You had a question for Aaron? Yeah. Well, uh, what team is he going for? Did he say? Did you oh, say? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I got two teams. Okay. I'm I am pro Derrick Rose. I so want him to be and everything. So. Shout out to Chicago, but in my heart of hearts, it's Miami. I feel that Miami's going to beat Boston. Hey, Miami's going to do it. And you I think Miami's going to beat be Boston? Okay, well, good night. You know, she'll play when it comes to Boston. Good night. Talk to you next week. All right, thanks again. All right, we'll be right back. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using ladies' scented body wash and switched to Old Spice, he could smell like he's me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an oyster with two tickets to that thing you love. Look again. The tickets are now diamonds. Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm your co-host, Ms. Parker. Well, last year, Ms. Parker, I had the opportunity to meet someone whose story both inspired me and changed my outlook on my own life. He is someone who has been through it all, it seems. He was born to a drug-addicted mother, adopted by a family uh, who abused him, and to this day will have nothing to do with him. He was in and out of behavior programs, diagnosed bipolar, just anything you can think of he's gone through. Um, and many people who, are, who I believe have lived their life would have succumbed to drugs, alcohol, um, or even may become sexually promiscuous. But Alfie is determined to write his own future and share his story to help influence others. Please help me welcome my boy, Albie. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, thank What's you going on, Al? Hey, how you doing, Michelle? I am doing very well. Welcome to the show, and thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. And, uh, Steven, I just want to congratulate you on the show. It's a great show, and I'm really grateful to be on your show. Oh, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, you too, Michelle. Well, let's, Sorry. let's talk about the beginning. I know that, um, you know, like I said earlier, you were born to a drug-addicted mother who left you in hospital, actually, and then it was two months after that you were adopted by a family. Is that correct? Well, um, I was a foster child for the first um, at two months, and then at eight months old they adopted me. Okay, okay. Well, um, tell us about after you were adopted, uh, tell us about that experience, you know, after you were really young. So from whatever you can remember, how the experience um, living with, with that family? Well, my earliest experience um, would be where um, I was always crying, and that was a problem. Um, I was always crying because of the fact that I was born to a addicted mother. Um, uh, as early as I can remember, my father, he was, because I was always crying, I was always getting beat on by him because he was an alcoholic. My mother was um, always yelling at me, my brothers and sisters. 
they were always picking on me. Um, I had, I had, I'm the baby of nine, so I'm really, really young, and my parents are elder. So I don't think they were really ready to have a child like me who came from the background I came from. Mm-hmm. So growing up like that was very difficult. Um, my brother, one of my brothers, um, Mr. Section, blessed me as a child. Um, your brother, your, your brother Section molested you. Yeah, as a child. Okay. From five to nine. Wow. And I didn't know it was wrong at the time. You know, I, you know, he made it seem like it was right. So, you know, when you're five, you don't really know, you know. So, let me ask you, let's back up for me. So, you were five years old. How old was he when it first started? Uh, He was a teenager because he's a good five or six years older than me. So, he was probably about... No, he's actually a little older than me. He was about 12 or 13, so yeah. 12, 13. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you ever did you ever reach out to um, your parents to, to let them know? But you, what, I know you said you didn't I think it was I did. Wrong. When I was 16, the first time I ever, ever said it to my parents, because see, I was always in therapy and counseling my whole life because okay. of all the trauma that I had with that family. I was I developed a lot of emotional um Situation. So I was always in therapy, and I was always able to tell them, but I was never able to tell my mother or my family. For some reason, I just felt like they would never believe me because to them, I was just the problem child. Um, So when I was 16, I was really proud of this artwork that I had did um, because I used to love to make art. And so my brother was sitting on the kitchen counter at the kitchen counter, and he was like, uh, yeah, what are you, gay or something? You're always doing these little art things. And I just blurted out. I don't even know why I did that. I just blurted out, like, if I'm gay, it's because of you when you molested me. Wow. And that was a catastrophe because he got up and he started choking me and was like, if you ever lie on me again, I'll kill you. My mother was screaming at him, and my father tried to grab him off of me. And I remember after that, me and my mother had a talk about that, and she said to me, she said, if I was there alone, I would not have risked my life to save you. Um, I would not have to grab him off of you. That's what she told me later on we talked about it. Well, let me ask you, prior to that moment, um, obviously you've grown, you're the youngest of nine, you said, did you at any time between 16 to when you were first introduced to that family, did you ever feel a sense of love or a sense of, a sense of belonging? Or did you no. ever feel like you were part of that family? Never. Um, never. I never had a home. Matter of fact, my mother never felt that way. And I used to always wonder why it seemed like I never had, like, I never felt like a hug or love from my family or, like, never did things as family. You know, there's a big difference between a house and a home. I had everything I needed, you know, I had clothes, shoes, you know, I had everything. We lived in the house. But, and my mother had this theory that just because she bought me things, that 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 was her way of living life. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of a mother's responsibility to do those things as a child. And when I was 16, she told me that she could never love me, she could only care for me because of all the things that I put her through. You know, and and as a young adult, I let myself feel that I was wrong for everything that I did. I think Mm -hmm. I just rebelled. I rebelled to the way they acted towards me. 
well, so once you um, obviously, I guess by this point you'd already developed the anger and emotional behavior issues, um, yeah. and you had trouble at school. Tell us about some of the trouble that you had at school. I had uh, well, I had a lot of insecurities. I was a very, very insecure um, child. Um, I didn't really feel like I was attractive. I didn't feel like I was worth anything. I didn't. I wasn't good at sports. Um, even to this day, you know, I've always wanted to be active and play sports, but I was always ashamed to play because I didn't have nobody to teach me. So because of that, I was very quiet, very, um, so it was a very easy, a target to be picked on because I was very quiet, you know, um, you know, and then, um, I used to get angry because kids used to pick on me, um, uh, used to act out, um, you know, it even got to points where because I was so neglected at home, I would kind of act out for attention just because I wanted to be noticed. Um, yeah, I even did things like that. I went to school once and said my father died just so somebody would pay me attention because I felt like, you know, I was never really heard or acknowledged. Right. And then and then, at what age were you diagnosed bipolar? Oh, man. Um, I, as early as I can remember because the first time I ever was put into a behavioral program, I was six and that's usually that's when they diagnose me with that that's usually what they call bipolar and schizoaffective and post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. and depression those are all those things I was diagnosed with um and that was probably about five or six um when I started school they can diagnose you as early as when you start school yeah yeah so you were living in you were living in New York at the time yes and then I was living so in New York that, that was, that was, that was very part of your life, and then you moved to Florida. Tell us about the move to Florida. Um, family moved to Florida back in '94. Um, the whole family. And I only, I'm sorry. The whole family. Um, me, my mom, two of my brothers, and my dad was back and forth because he was in the process of retiring from okay. his job when we moved. Um, that. The behavior problems didn't change, so I got put into a behavior program there. Um, let's just say I grew up in behavior programs more than my home. I almost felt like it was kind of like my parents, because, you know, they get paid from the state whenever you're in a program. It was like every eight months I was going into a program, in and out of programs, in and out of programs, from 5 to 18, in and out. I got to a point where I was more comfortable in a program than I was at home, because when I did actually go home, I felt like a stranger, in my own home, so you felt more you felt more secure and comfortable in the behavior program than you did in your own home. I did because that's all I knew. I didn't. Right. I didn't. I had problems there too, but that was all I knew from five to eight, from five or six to eighteen. That's really my life as far as where I live. So yeah, that that's where I felt more comfortable. Eventually, you uh, went to juvenile jail. Is that correct? Yes, me and my brother were fighting once, and um, my mother walked behind me, and I swung back to hit him, and I tapped her on the shoulder, and she called the police on me and had me arrested. I went to jail for 21 days. I was 13, and my mother said I hit her, but I swung back to punch him, and she came behind me, and so, yeah, I got arrested. That was my first time in jail as as a juvenile. So then when you're 18, you move out on your own. Uh, well, 
No. Um, I was in an independent living program at 18. Okay. I was in my last year of high school. And um, because I was 18, they were not allowed to keep me um, past um, past um, 18. At 16, my parents had terminated their parental rights for me, so I had not lived at home or had any contact with my family from age 16 to 18. Um, okay, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh yeah. So it's so from those two years, I was in an independent living program, um, kind of mainstreaming into public school because it was an independent living program. They teach you how to be, you know, how to live in the community on your own. So it was that, and then going to regular public school. That was my first time. I was in 11th grade, and it was my first time going to a public school, an actual public school in 11th grade. How was that um, transition? It was very, very difficult um, because in programs and in in school and in, in behavioral centers and going to behavioral schools, they don't necessarily give you work on your level. They just give you work just to pass time. So when I'm in 11th grade and I'm, I mean, I was always a good reader and writer because um, writing was how I was able to express myself when I didn't have nobody to talk to. So math was my major issue. So when I'm in 11th grade and I'm sitting there looking at this 11th grade math, I'm like, uh, what is this? Cause it was like, it was like gibberish to me. Um, so I cheated my way along through 11th grade because I had to pass. I wasn't gonna let nothing stop me. Um, so, but you so then I did, you eventually graduated, but they didn't give you the diploma. What did they give you? I was supposed to get a certificate of uh, completion. completion. Uh-huh. But I didn't get that. I didn't know that I was supposed to get it until after I graduated high school, and I never went back to get it. Um, I graduated because I did pass my credits. I did pass my class. I had uh, more credits than I needed to graduate, and I had a uh, 3.6 grade point average. Um, but because I didn't sta- pass the Florida standardized test, um, I missed the math part by five points, and you need that to graduate. I did not get my diploma. I walked and I was a class speaker of my graduation, but I did not get my diploma. And I was in the process of trying to get it back, or trying to get it. Um, but when I was 18, um, everything started going on. And then um, I went back home with my uh, family because my mother was like, oh, you should come back home. You're an adult now. You can, you know, you can stay here and work and do what you need to do. And I was happy because I, you know, the crazy thing is throughout everything that has happened, I've always loved my family. I've always wanted to build a relationship with my family. And being in those programs, I always used to, it used to hurt me and break my heart and make me mad that them kids that had their parents coming to visit them and bring them stuff were so mean and disrespectful to these kids, to their parents. Yeah. When my parents never came to see me and never bought me anything, so when I when I went when I was able to go back home, I was excited. And then yeah. I was 18 and I came home and I was just miserable because my mother wanted to treat me like the same little boy that I wasn't anymore, and I just was not happy there. So I started working and I just decided one day it was time for me to go. And I left. Yeah. I was 19. I stayed home for about a year. Okay. Okay, so and I moved out. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I moved out because I met someone that I thought that 
you know, I've always been the kind of person who wanted love, wanted just mm-hmm. to feel loved and cared for by somebody, wanted to feel that I um, belonged to somebody. And I had a cousin who took me to a club in Orlando, very different aura for me because as a young adult, I was battling with my sexuality. I really was because of everything that had happened to me. Um, I was battling with my sexuality, and I went to this club with my cousin. And um, and another thing was I I I was getting people were hitting on me. Males, males were hitting on males me. Males were it hitting was on very, me. So, so it was a gay club that you went to. Yes, yeah, it was a gay club. Okay. It was a gay okay. club I went to. Um, it was very weird because at first it was weird, but then it was also like. I didn't know they were talking to me because I've never really got so much attention in my life. And I was looking like, I was looking behind me like, are you talking to that chick? Or are you talking to that one? You know, because I was just like confused. And then they started, I wasn't used to that. And then like, you know, after that, I was feeling kind of good. <laughs> um, so then um, just because I felt like somebody actually paid me attention. So I explored that and I met somebody. And um, and the and people period. I won't even say in this lifestyle. People feed off your um. They feed off of you when they see when you wear your your heart and your emotions and everything you have on your sleeve. People can see that and they feed off of it. And I was searching for love and and all that. And he and he fed off of that. And I met him. And it um I wound up leaving home to move with him. And this um, is to Orlando. Orlando. To Orlando. Yes. Okay. With the first. Guy I ever dated, um, and I uh, probably um, six months or not even six months into our relationship, I should say, we he sat down and told me that he was HIV positive. Mind you, we were not having protective sex. Um, and I remember when he told me, I was more concerned about him having it than me having it because I felt like how could the one person that actually cared about me have such a horrible disease, um, and it broke my heart, and I used to pray, and I used to even trick myself and, and think that God wouldn't do this to me, God sent him to me, so God cured him so that I can have happiness, I used to think that, I really used to think that, and, um, and you one day, I wound up contracting myself, and he told me, but I, he told me after the fact, though, um, and he asked me would I leave him, whether I had it or not, and I told him no, because I loved him for who he was, not for what he had. And um, he left well, me well, after I was diagnosed. So you were diagnosed HIV, and then he left you, and and the, the, somehow your your parents found out. Is that correct? They found out. I told them. Mind you, you we had them. never had a conversation about my sexuality ever. Okay. Um, okay. Never had a conversation about it um, because we never really had a relationship to talk about things. So I bought, I wanted to come home to talk to them. They wouldn't even allow me to come home because my mother told me when I left I'm not allowed to come back home, period. So I had them come to Orlando, and we sat down and we talked. And my mother, she made me feel like crap. My father, he didn't say anything, which I kind of respected him at that time because I felt like I'd rather, if you're not going to, if you don't like it, I'd rather you not say nothing because, I mean, there's nothing yeah. that can be done now. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But my mother, she made me feel like crap, and she pretty much after that never supported me again. Um, so, yeah, and then after that, he left me, and I was de- left to deal with that by myself. Um, 
And as a matter of yeah. fact, it's been it'll be seven years. Been seven April twenty eighth. Will be seven so years I know that I the, the next couple of years, it seemed like life kind of had. You know, I'm sure you had some joy, but it seemed to spiral downhill. I know you. You know, you got arrested again. Um, you you met some people who kind of had drama in your life, and you're back and forth. Um, and then eventually you moved to Atlanta. And what year did you move to Atlanta? I moved to Atlanta in 2005. 2005. And what was your hope for when you moved to Atlanta? I just wanted a change. Um, there was nothing going for me in Florida. I just felt like I wasn't going nowhere. Um I felt like I was trying to hold on to things that were not going to help me move forward. I was hoping on, although me and my family weren't talking, I was hoping on to the hopes that we would, holding on to the hopes that we would get back together, you know, that we would reunite, that they would be there for me, that they would see that I'm a man. Um, because, as mm-hmm. you said, as the years went on, I started taking care of myself. I didn't yeah. make excuses for myself, and I wanted them to see that. So they didn't. But that was, so I had that was the point. With, I'm sorry. That was the point for you that you said that you wanted to try at least start working towards turning things around and try to make um, peace with your family and whatnot. I know that you had someone really close to you that you considered to be an uncle who passed away, and that I know that devastated you. Tell, yes. Tell, tell me about um, – I know your family came and saw you twice, I believe. Tell me about yes. that point that you got to the point where you all did not talk anymore and you haven't spoken to them since. It was last year in April, as a matter of fact. Um, my sister, um, she's the youngest out of the girls, and I um, haven't seen her in like 10 years. I've spoken to her in 10 years, and um, my cousin, who I do speak to, I have two cousins that are the only two female cousins. They actually consider me like family. Um, well, they actually are the only ones out of the family that actually talk to me and really treat me like I'm their family. Um, she told me, go on Facebook and find your sister and talk to her, and I did, and she wrote me this email basically telling me she wanted nothing to do with me and this, this, that, and the third. And me and my parents were really starting to form a relationship after right. all these years. They were starting to, I really felt like they were starting to see the man that I was becoming, right. that I had become. They were telling me they were proud of me. And then after that email, they never contacted me again. And I really, really, I hate to assume, but I really feel like something had to do with that email because mm-hmm. it's just very odd that we were really forming a relationship and I have not spoken yeah, to them in a year. In a year, I have not spoken to any of them. So I know that the combination of that and some other things and also um, your, your uncle passing away, it really... Really, what what really started for you to go back into counseling and the, and the therapy and and you know here you are today. You have decided to share your story uh, with with the world. Really, I know that you're looking to branch out into um, you know motivating others and, and inspiring others. Tell me, yeah, I know a lot of people who would have been through so much in their life. Um, they'd be embarrassed to share so much of their past. With the world, what makes it? What makes you want to really tell your story? Uh, what makes you want to say, "Okay, I'm not afraid to let it out there to help others"? What gives you that motivation? Because, um, well, first of all, um, I have some friends, um, definitely people like you who inspire me, who support me. Uh, my best friend Anthony, who really, really just encourages me and makes me know that there are good people in the world, that everybody isn't bad and out to get you. Um, and um, 
what I, I just want, I don't want to be a victim of my past anymore. I don't want to be a victim of my past. And though at times I've been known to be a little bitter and salty about my past, I have a really, really soft heart for people who hurt and suffer, and especially what I went through. And I really, it breaks my heart to, to think that people in the world are going through this and have and will. And I feel like there are so many people who probably have, will, or, or are going through this that don't speak up, and I really want them to know that they can tell their story, they can that they are not their story, they are not their past. They will prevail. They can they can be something more than their past. All these people who make them think that they're nothing, who tell them they'll never be anything, who try to break them, you know, and, and the fact that I'm still here through everything just really makes me want to just take that. And I feel like that that's my mission, that's my purpose, to help people, to inspire others, to really just, I don't know, be... A motivate a role model for other people. I want to use my past as gifts to just be a mentor and a friend to somebody because, like I said, I just don't. It it really hurts me when I yeah. think about people who hurt. I mean, from poverty right. to domestic violence to people who get HIV and innocence. Because I mean, it's just and there's just so so little support system in the community. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, now you're, I know that you're kind of nervous about doing this because, you know, you, you wanted to share your story, but now that it's actually out there, how do you feel today knowing that your story's out there and that you, that the fact that you're still standing, you're still standing after everything you've been through, um, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel good. Um, like I said, I, 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 did, I was nervous to tell my story because it's the first time I'm actually telling it to a broad audience. Um but um, it makes me feel good. Um, I'm just hoping that I touch somebody's life, you know, because I've always said if I could reach one person, you know, more more, more the better. But if right. one person in my lifetime could say my life changed because of Alberto or my life is better because of Alberto or his story or, yeah. or just something, uh, that will make me feel good because I just would hate, I would, I, I just don't want nobody to have to go through Things that I went through, and if they have gone through it, I want to be able to help them, like in ways that I haven't been helped. When I didn't have help, I would not be honored to help somebody and let them know that people do care. Right. Well, listen, tell everybody uh, where they can learn more about you because I know that you're starting to really branch off into really getting your story out there, and you're working on that. You recently developed a website. What is your website? The website is www. Alberto Reyes. Webs. Com. That is the official website. Um, the fan page for Facebook is. Um, they can go on Facebook and just look up Albi Miguel. Um, but the web page is the official web page. That's where I'll be putting up. You know, if I'm getting like some motivational promotions as far as going to right. speak, you know, seminars, whatever. But that would be where you can really, really locate me. But I really appreciate fans on Facebook and people registering on my page to help. And like I said, I also, you know, anybody who knows anybody to help me branch myself, I'm all for that too. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's what I think about your story is that using the right way can really motivate, motivate others. You know, I've had opportunity, obviously, to hang out with you, and I think that you have a good heart, regardless of those that seem that they, you know, you seem like you never had that core support growing up, but now you're starting to build that. 
and you're really an example of someone starting off bad and ending up good because, you you know, even though it's, it's not easy every day, I know that, that you're working really hard towards it. So I want to definitely thank you for being on our show and sharing your story, and I know it will pack and, and I can just throw in my quick two cents. Um, you. you know, I've been listening very, um, you know, paying attention to everything you've said, and I've, I have nothing but respect. I really definitely feel like, you know, you know, Stephen, I'm really big on people using yeah. their stories to teach each mm-hmm. other. And I think everyone has a story, and everyone, you know, everyone has something that, you know, you can't see from the outside, and, you know, but it's how they overcome, you know, whatever's going on within them that makes them who they are. Um and I really appreciate you sharing your story with us, and, and, you know, it seemed like you are building the family that you want because your family doesn't have to be blood. Your family, yeah. is, people, yeah. family is people who love you, period. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a group of people that just love you, those are your family. They don't, yeah, have, to be anyone you, who, they don't have to be anyone who you grew up with or you call mom and dad. I truly believe that the only thing that matters is that the person loves you. So if you can have a, a group of friends that love you, they can become your family. I agree. Yes. And that's what helps me go on is the fact that I stopped waiting and wishing for things that that I couldn't have or that I wanted. Just started really focusing on the people that are in my life. And I do have, like I said, I have great friends, um, a really good best friend. Um, um, Steven has become such a good friend to me. And I have just... You know, I have so many people as they hear my story that I do talk to, and they inspire me. So that right there is enough for me to just be like, yeah, I may have wanted to build a relationship with my family, but I'm not going to let that stop my growth and me from moving forward. I'm just going to be happy with the people that I have. So, I mean, I know when I first heard the story last year, I was just, like, amazed in the fact that you were still, in the fact that you don't drink, you know, do drugs. You know, just, you know, no. it just—it really just like wow, you know. And, and that was a true testament that, you know, we complain over simple things, but mm-hmm. someone who's had a life, you know, mm-hmm. lifetime of upsets and hurt and pain, and to still be doing okay, you know, what I mean, that really—I I thought I, I told you when I first heard it, I thought it'd be a story that could impact a group of people. So again, I think I thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, well, you have a good night, man, okay? You too. Bye-bye. Bye, Good Michelle. Now. And for more information on Al B., go on our Facebook page. We'll have a link to uh, his page as well as his website. And we'll be right back. Each week we'll select the artists to play on our playlist. 
Tonight our playlist actually features um, both major and independent artists. Um, you hear songs from Fatso Skinny, who we heard before, Mr. Frizo, Bruno Mars, Phoenix, and many more. And if you're interested in being featured on the list, please email us at thestevennightshow at gmail.com. Attach one or two songs, short bio, and promotional pictures. Now remember, all songs must be edited for radio, so no cursing. And I look forward to hearing from you. That was my part, uh, right? <laughs> that was your part. <laughs> you still, you still caught up on the story. I'll be still. I am just like I, yeah, I'm just you yeah, know, they, it's, it's just, a wow, yeah. it's very, very, I mean, just inspiring. So. It is. It is. Well, the first song on the playlist is by your boy, Stephen Knight. <laughs> it's a song called Trying from my 2009 EP. Check it out and enjoy Stephen's playlist. Bye. 
mention on this earth, not to mention, I really think it goes against my purpose. I really can't believe that I just heard this, and furthermore, I really don't believe that I deserved it, but in any case, somebody's gotta lose, the more they get to right and the more I'm breaking the rules, so I can still forgive you and your unforgiving views, I can never forget it, even if I can try to, but I appreciate the insight inspired by you, it gives me more to work for and makes me more useful, so I should thank you for making out my ocean and uh, are you a doctor?
We seem to be having some technical difficulties, but uh, we'll have some more songs coming to you in a few minutes. Uh, Ms. Park, are you there? I think we're still breaking. But no, but um, I'm not going to do the closing now and we'll go out with the music, but I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Stephen Knight Show. I'd like to thank Al B for sharing this inspiring story with us. Um, like I said, I'm sure it will touch somebody, and it takes a lot of courage and strength to really tell your story and to go be that specific. Um, but I think that it's for a greater cause. I remember to I like agree. us on Facebook, the Stephen Knight Show, uh, and follow us on Twitter, Stephen Knight Show, S H O, and also you can register for exclusives on our uh, webpage, it's a website. Excuse me, www.thestephennightshow.web.com. So I thank you all. I think you guys lost me for a little bit, but I'm back. <laughs> oh no, that's but. okay. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, so I was just doing our closing now. We're going to finish out on music. Anything you want to say, uh, Ms. Parker? Uh, no, I just want to, I want to really thank Al for being on the show and sharing his story. And um, like I said, I was very, very touched. So thanks yeah. for sharing. Yeah, yeah. So, and definitely check our uh, Facebook page. I will have a website, a link to his website, so you can definitely follow him and see what he has going on. Uh, and hopefully be able to. Uh, Inspire others to hear his story, and and let you like Miss Parker always says, you know, you can we complain about day to day things, but it makes you think your life is not as bad, you know, not that bad. So um, 
you know, definitely would thank you for that. Oh, Miss Parker, I will definitely see you tomorrow. Yes, I've missed you. I missed you too, so we got to <laughs> hang out. <laughs> but I'll see All you right, tomorrow. well, have a safe flight. Love you. I love you too. And everyone All else, right, finish listening listen to music and we'll and enjoy your week. See you next time. Yes, Friday. you guys have a great week. Drunken pictures, I argue that assumption Cause I know how I function Motivation like sex aggressive when I'm top of something And I feel sorry for you if you ain't striving for something Cause a rich man without a dream is a man with nothing You ain't gotta agree, this opinion is me But like the best things in the world, dreaming is free Can't argue with that, so love it or just leave it be I never let it go so easily, only one place for me to I be live I live by
Required listening with Amazon Music. Dad Music again? The greatest guitarist of all time. Wait, who? Alexa, add this song to a new playlist. Sure, what's the new playlist name? Jack's Intro to Classic Rock. Adding Stepping Stone by Jimi Hendrix to Jack's Intro to Classic Rock playlist. Amazon Music, the simplest way to listen to the music you and soon he will love. New customers start your 30-day free trial at AmazonMusic.com. Renews automatically, cancel anytime.